wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you again. This week our theme, we ask, how do I walk with Jesus? Yesterday we asked, what is humanity's greatest problem? And today we're asking, what does it really mean to be born again? Today our co-host is Eric Horn. Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. It's wonderful to have you back again. It's great to see your smiling face again, Gary. And boy, you look refreshed. I tell you what, coming back from long service leave is a wonderful experience. I enjoyed long service leave, but I enjoy coming home as well. <laughs> good on you. Yeah, yeah, nah, it was, it was really good. Mm. Uh, today, today we're going to be asking Eric about... Uh, what does it really mean to be born again? But before we go there, Eric, I'd love to get your opinion on an article that appeared yesterday in a, a magazine entitled Christianity Today. I love watching this uh, this magazine from uh, from time to time, and it actually refers to the times in which we're uh, we're living. And uh, this is it's it, this is what it's entitled. It's not enough to broadcast a service. Churches need to foster a community and. Uh, uh, this is the, these are the highlights of this particular article. Since the coronavirus forced worship services to move online, nearly a third of churchgoers have stopped attending church, according to the latest Barna research. Amongst millennials, it's even higher. Half of those who used to go to church have stopped since the pandemic started. It's not clear why, but when attendance plummets, we need to stop or we need to reflect. Perhaps there are people, the article suggests, that are zoomed out. Even if people liked video conferencing before lockdown, weeks of online video meetings for work, school and social gatherings have caused many to dread logging on for one more hour on on Sunday morning. But that could really, could that really account for nearly a third of church goings? Uh, let me suggest a reason the article goes on. There's something about going to church that hasn't yet suc- successfully translated online. Churches are understandably focused on what happens in the sanctuary one hour each week. Long before the global pandemic, a lot of effort went into creating that 60 to 90 minute event. Once the pandemic hit, the same kind of energy went into translating that service into an online format. But something they suggest actually got lost. At the time of worship before COVID-19, while church staff planned and prepared for what happened inside the sanctuary, something else was going on outside in the foyer, in the atrium, in the in the patio, the welcome area, something less planned and for some churches less intentional. People stood around talking. 
They shared their lives. And the edges, at the edges of the sanctuaries, in dedicated rooms, people prayed together for various needs. Before COVID-19, church building bound together worship, community and pastoral care. When worship services go online, what happens is that, uh, is that bundle, what happens to that bundled good? For many church members, uh, these points of personal connection actually disappeared. Whereas the worship service is something that churches can produce and broadcast at scale to whoever will watch, community and personal connection are anti-scale. That means they resist mass reproduction. Being personally known and cared for is almost always a one-on-one experience and can't be mass-produced. The sanctuary part of the church service is seemingly easy to broadcast online. What happens outside the sanctuary, though, is incredibly difficult. But if community and pastoral care are what people need and are no longer receiving from the online service, then it makes sense why so many have actually stopped attending. When churches prioritise their worship services the same way they did pre-pandemic, it's easy to overlook other seemingly peripheral activities. But those activities make church attendance a critical life-giving experience for so many. For many, the peripherals are actually central. And if that part of church has gone missing because the church is only being live-streamed, then people will look elsewhere to address their relational and their spiritual needs. Eric, tell me, do you think this article has a point? I surely do think. I think it hits hits the hits the nail. You know, I mean, you know, uh, it can be very. It's interesting, isn't it, that Zoom meetings broadcasting live um, and having services that people have got zoomed out, and yet when we can go back to church, they. St- they are zoomed out, but they would prefer. Some people, it seems, by this would prefer to stay at home and still watch the screen, than rather than go to church and and worship at a at where you meet living live people. That's very interesting. That even though they're zoomed out, they would still stay at home. Do you think that long term they're actually going to be prepared to uh, to watch the screen long term? Well, it's it seemed uh, you know I think people will come back more and more as time moves on. I, I think we'll see that happening because you know going back to church to me has been a revelation because as you say that you get the personal contact, uh, you need that one on one and you know to to sit and talk with somebody rather than just see them on a screen where you've got uh, often on Zoom meetings you have several people on the screen but have that connection one on one as a literature evangelist I was taught you know one on one is far better and the message always has to have a messenger so when you're sharing with somebody you're you know you're looking at them you're talking you're conversing with them and and you know you and a lot of people can read on even on facebook with messages wrong messages are sent so you don't get that connection that everybody needs and that's the problem with society today actually that people aren't connecting in homes you know uh, they've had people had photos of, of you know children on phones and whatever even at the dinner table and whatever you know um, and so that, that that connection has been lost, and and with this pandemic and whatever, people get comfortable at home. They they see the screen, and and uh, but I've found that those that have come back uh, have really enjoyed it and embraced it. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a moving uh, a, a way that somehow that those people, uh, you know. Um, 
and, and two, you know, there's a lot of pressure because you can do what you like at home. You can watch something and walk away and come back and, and, yeah, and feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. But when you're at church, when you're connecting, you, as you say, you go out in the fore and have a chat or you go out to the hall and have a hot drink and chat there. This is a genuine human need, isn't it? You know, I mean, worship is important and our spiritual lives with connecting to our God is actually so vital in uh, in our spiritual lives and yet you've also got the uh, got the human fellowship that most of us actually crave at, mm. at some point. That's right. And the Bible talks about, you know, like on Sabbath they gathered together. Yeah. You know, they didn't stay in their homes, they came and gathered together and that's so important that we do that because that is a, a human need is fellowship I mean when you become a Christian often you'll lose 70 to 80 percent of your friends out in the world within the first you know few months mm. that's that's the statistics so by banding together and meeting with fellow believers you're creating new friendships which you need everybody has needs friends yeah. otherwise you start drifting back out into the world to get your friends yeah so that's yeah. the danger you've got to you know if you want to build your Christianity you've got to be with like minded people but when you start to drift away and if you don't go to church and you watch it online something will come up from a family and you won't even get any spiritual input for the day yeah yeah, yeah. So it's important I think this is one of, one of the things that I suppose this uh, this pandemic is starting to really uh, emphasise to me mm-hmm. is the huge need that we've actually got for fellowship you know I'm, I'm really conscious that in the midst of a, a viral pandemic uh, there's an increasing cost of isolation. Mm. You know, I mean, okay, uh, particularly I think about aged people mm. in aged care. Yeah. I, I mean, this is horrendous when they're unable to be visited mm. by uh, even family. And, and I'm just so conscious that this isolation is actually an almost an unmeasurable uh, impact on individuals' lives. Tell me, Eric, how can we as a church, how can we, I suppose, uh, put our arms around people? How can we uh, develop a, a, a compassionate, a, a relational ministry in a time in which we're actually being encouraged to isolate? I think the only way that that can come about is that when the opportunity comes together, then then that must be taken. And if people um, uh, have um, decided not to attend church, then you know the visitation is so important that the communication has to be there. We have to make an effort, go out of our way to communicate with those who were once there who are not there at the moment. Yeah. Because the longer you leave it, um, then you know they drift, and so we, it is a Upon ourselves as Christians to go out and to and to those you know they're still our close friends and we want to see our friends don't we and we're missing yeah. them at church so we've yeah. got to go out and make that effort and uh, and approach them and ring them um, I've just started having lunch with some of uh, our church members just meeting during the week yeah yeah and to yeah. encourage them back some that haven't been coming back you yeah. know that's really important to do that and and I enjoy that <clears throat> I'm getting more fellowship that you're way actually an incredibly social person though Eric <laughs> I'm really conscious of that I mean you're one of those Outgoing social type people, unlike introverts like me, who you know, it's a, it, it, you've got a, you're an amazing blessing to people. But do you know, Eric, I'm really conscious that at one 
at one particular time, I, I was actually part of a of a small group, and we actually had a lady who uh, made cards, mm. and uh, she actually each week she'd bring along the cards, and we'd pass around the group uh, four or four or five cards, and we'd identify and would say, okay, who uh, who we haven't we seen mm. lately, yeah. and um, you know maybe ten people would not just sign but just write a little message mm. on on the cards, and then after after that message was written uh, from about 10 people or so someone would be appointed to deliver the cards mm. to the individual and the impact that that had on the life of so many particularly elderly people mm. was, was was quite profound it was a little ministry easy to do uh, and yet it really cut through this issue of isolation well maybe this is something we can learn through the pandemic that even before the pandemic hit that there were people that weren't you know may not be coming to church for one reason or another and when you get busy at church you forget about them so we take those lessons and say well you know this is something that we should have been doing let's carry on with it after this is all over you know to show that care for sure yeah 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 yeah. Eric thank you so much for that we're going to be coming to our subject for the uh, for the day immediately after this song but I love uh, this uh, uh, this particular rendition of uh, Fountain View Academy of Orchestra and Singers Uh, the song is Champion of Love. This is a majestic song. Uh, Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention? I want to introduce to you Stands a champion robed in white His height exceeds the heavens His weight outweighs the world His reach reaches everywhere His age is evermore He is higher than the highest Greater than the great No one will ever take his power Yeah. 
Majestic song, Fountain View Academy and Singers, Champion of Love. Oh, I love that uh, that particular rendition. Uh, welcome back. Uh, folks, today we have a fantastic offer for you. If you're listening to us and you would like to uh, understand more about how does a person come to accept Jesus Christ, I've got a fantastic book that I'd like to offer you. Our book today is entitled Steps to Christ. Now, look, guys, this is a really fantastic uh, little book. It, it picks up where we picked up yesterday. Today It moves into what we're dealing with today and for the rest of the week. Steps to Christ. Eric, tell me, is have you read Steps to Christ? I have, many times. How have, you, have you found it? Oh, look, it's helped my spiritual life really well. This is actually my second most favorite book outside of the Bible. I've got the Bible first, then I yep. have Desire of Ages, yep. and then Steps to Christ is my next because it's so beautifully written. It really inspires your, your spiritual life. You learn so much. In fact, today as we talk about being born again with Nicodemus, there are some passages there we'll be sharing today. But I really recommend it. It'll, it'll help you in your spiritual walk. Anybody listening out there that hasn't read Steps to Christ, it's a beautiful book and it just brings to life uh, the spiritual aspects. Tell me, is it a long book? No, it's not. No, it's quite a uh, reasonably. And, and believe me, I find it. The older I get, the, you know, I find it harder to read. I fall to sleep. But Steps <laughs> to Christ is brilliant. It keeps your attention, and you know, I just take it. It's not a great, but not not compared to, um, you know, Desire of Ages. Yeah, I found it an incredible encouragement, and absolutely yep. incredible. Look, guys, if uh, if you would like your copy of Steps to Christ, we're happy to send it to you. All you have to do is just text your name. Just your first name's enough, um, and and your address to 0438 That's 0438 And we will send you in the mail uh, your own copy of Steps to Christ. And that number again is 0438 066635. Is that and free, Gary? That is totally free. Well, I'll have one. That is. <laughs> I'll have yeah. an extra copy to give away. You'll probably have two <laughs> or three if I know you, Eric. That's uh, yeah. No, look, this is a fantastic, a uh, fantastic little right. book. Now, look, the other thing that a number of our listeners may not be aware of is that you can actually have a Faith FM app. Now, if you would like the Faith FM app, all you need to do is to go onto your favourite app store. It doesn't matter if it's Android. Doesn't matter if it's the uh, the Apple App Store. Just search there for Faith FM Australia. Now, don't forget the Australia part. You need Faith FM Australia and download that app. Now, the wonderful thing about that is that all the programs that Faith FM present, you can then pick up through the app, through the internet, rather than through the airwaves. Now, I know that in some in some areas, uh, our reception isn't as good as it possibly can. With the app, you get 
perfect reception every time. Uh, so can I encourage you, if you'd like to listen to Faith FM, if you'd like to go back and look at an old program, uh, then you can do that on the Faith FM app. Just search at your favorite app store, Faith FM Australia, and uh, and you can download that particular uh, app. It's wonderful uh, to be able to listen to Christian music uh, and Christian thoughts continually through the day. You're listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare. Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week, uh, our theme is, How Do I Walk with Jesus? Today, we're asking that question, What does it mean to be born again? Now, that's that's a huge question. You know, how do you tell? You know, Eric, tell us, how old were you when uh, you came to Christ? How, how did the new birth occur in your own life? Well, Gary, I was uh, around about... Uh I was about 34 years old, so uh, that was 35 years ago, so you worked out how old I am. I Um, I wouldn't have put you that old. (laughs) And, um, you know, to speak about being born again is such an exciting topic, because it's the greatest miracle of all, being born again. And it happened to me in a really strange way. I was, um, you know, just very briefly, I was... um, out in the world doing my own thing and then Erin and I wanted to go to uh, the country and we bought a little house and then uh, <clears throat> somebody advertised for a part-time gardener and I thought I'd do that so I, I got the job and I was in the garden and um, this um, the fellow who actually hired the house for a year uh, was actually a minister, I didn't know that, a pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church and he I didn't know that at the time and uh, he said do you want to listen to something and I thought it was rock music or something but it was actually a sermon and as I did the garden listen to that, they, these were words really got hold of me and uh, I just couldn't couldn't let them go the, the, the words are powerful and from that moment that was a, that was the beginning of so what was the journey. sermon on it was look it was just about on grace it was okay. on grace and that and, and it really grabbed my attention because you got to understand that I was drinking at that stage and into the worldly stuff and uh, I hadn't been to church for a long long time and um, this really grabbed me and I, I listened to the words and uh, it, it somehow rather those words really did go to my heart as well as my mind because it started me thinking and then after I listened to that I actually asked if I could have studies and from there it took a while I mean you know, my day of worship was triple pay for me and and so but it was a it was um, the, the choice life-giving choices of saying okay I'm going to fin- follow this path and 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 my heart mm. was changing and being born again means that the old life was was changing and, and it was exciting I still remember the it's still with me today to see people change mm. is the greatest miracle being born again has evidences that we're going to talk about uh, yeah, today yeah. but it's an exciting time it's something we should never forget we should yeah. always remember that and hold on to that for God came to us while we we're yet sinners yeah. and we must always remember that uh, and mix amongst them mix amongst all people we're all sinners but mix yeah. amongst where Jesus wants us to be yeah. because he has made, you know we've been born again it's beautiful yeah yeah. And, no, it, it is yeah. a wonderful story I, I know I've seen so many people actually and come and make a transition, a change mm. in their life that just so positive.
negatively hmm. impacts their impacts their life. But hmm. Eric, look, tell us, hmm. what does it mean to be born again? Where does that phrase actually come from? Just share with us. Yeah, well, there's a few uh, references in the Bible to being born again, not just one, but there's a few. And of course, we'd have to talk about Nicodemus because this is where the phrase comes up in John 3. It's interesting who Nicodemus was because hmm. that is a strong part of the story. <laughs> it and is. It's a bit embarrassing for those of us actually who are, who are actually, in, I suppose, uh, employed in a, in a religious field. Yeah, well, it says in, uh, in uh, John 3 uh, verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, you know, he was a Pharisee. Do you know what the word Pharisee actually means? I'll put you on the spot here, Garrett, Pastor Gary. Do you know what it actually means, the word Pharisee? Pharisee, uh, well, it's a, it, was a, it was certainly was a group of people in Christ's day that were the religious leaders. Yep, what does right. it actually mean? It actually means to separate. Oh, the separate, of course. Of course it does. I, yeah, I did know that. <laughs> so they strictly followed the law of Moses, the Torah. Uh, and also their oral traditions that were passed down. So they were setting themselves up against the cultural influence of the day to try and live by the law, as God, yeah, yeah. Um, by yeah. God's law, really, with purity. They wanted to be pure and holy. Yeah. They were made up of scholars, they were laymen, and they were scribes, highly regarded by the Jewish communities. These yeah. people were placed in, in high positions. We would probably call them today the bishop, wouldn't we? I mean, we these, these aren't just the normal uh, priests. Uh, these are people who have really gone up in, the, uh, in their religious establishment. These are the bishops, and a bishop actually comes to visit Jesus Christ by night. That's right. And the funny and the amazing thing about this is even though they were hold up, held up in high regard by the people around them, Jesus criticized them many times for the hypocrisy. Yeah, you know? yeah. uh, they were highly regarded by the Jewish com- community. The interesting thing about Nicodemus was that he was a member of the Jewish ruling council, the Sanhedrin. There were 23 judges, and he was one of them. But something that I didn't know before I looked at this, so that's why it's always good to study it, was that he was also a member of the great Sanhedrin, which had 71 members. So Mm. the local Sanhedrin were in all the towns around Israel, whereas the great um, Sanhedrin, that met um, in Jerusalem, 71 members. So this would be like somebody that's a prominent religious leader but he was also a United States senator. He, he, he that's powerful. So yeah. he was up there with the elite. Yeah. He was. The, uh, they say, and, and I've read and studied this, that there were. Uh, he was one of the three richest Pharisees of the time. So he was. Wow. He had the riches, and so this is who we're talking about here. That he actually comes to Jesus. Yeah, that and is amazing. Th- that is truly amazing. The thing that really stands out with me, however, is the time of the day or night rather that he actually approaches Jesus. Yeah, verse 2 says this man came to Jesus by night and said to him Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So why did Jesus come to, at night? Why did uh, uh, Nicodemus come at night? Well, you know um, he went through, he left his area, he would have gone through a, like a bad part of town basically, to get to where Jesus was. But he came at night because, you know, you've got to realize his position here. We've just talked about it. You know, he could, if they knew, because they were most spent most of their time, the um, Pharisees, to actually kill Jesus, they plotted against him. Now, here was one of their prominent 
uh, part of the council making his way to see Jesus. So he was putting his career at risk. He was putting his life at risk. And he was coming at night so nobody would actually see him. And mm-hmm. that's the, the, and you know, it teaches me here that Jesus accepts us when we come to him anytime, any way, anyhow. Because yeah. Jesus accepted yeah. him. Yeah. And he called him rabbi. Mm. Great teacher, yeah. you know. So obviously the words had affected him, and it says here the signs and the wonders. Now, while the others were knocking it and saying, "Well, this is from Satan. He is not. He is not the Son of God." Here, Nicodemus is somehow those words have have, have gone further into him, and now he's decided, "I need to. I need to talk to this man, and I need to risk my life doing this it." This is this is a really powerful thing for this to happen, isn't it? You know, for a for us key religious leader. I mean, so yeah. often. We hear of the uh, the fishermen coming to Christ. We, you know, the the tradespeople they come to Christ. But here we've got a, a leader in the establishment mm. coming to Jesus Christ by night yeah. and wanting an interview with him. Mm. But you know, Eric, the thing that really jumps out at me is what what Christ actually says to him. Mm. Yeah, and that's in verse 3 where it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, Gary, but my mother wouldn't want me to be born again because I was nine pound eight at birth. <laughs> and that is very heavy. I'm only a that short, is heavy. I'm only a short fellow, but nine pound eight. So she went through an experience there. So um, unless one is born again, or in some translation, unless one is born from above, Mm. And that is critical of what we're talking about here because Nicodemus, of course, didn't understand it with what he answered. Yeah. So this is what Jesus first said. He didn't say to him, you must keep those Ten Commandments. Mm. You must go and and sell all your goods before you come here. In this particular case, he says to him, you you know, you've got to be born again. So it's, it's, it's where God meets us, where we're at when we come to Christ. He sees our needs and he goes directly to the heart of the matter, if you like. Do you think this is one of the real challenges in the religious world today? Because what I'm really, really conscious of is that Christ is talking to a religious, one of the bishops, if you like, mm. and he talks to the bishop and he says that uh, um, you must be born again. Now, to actually say, if you like, uh, you must be converted mm. uh, to the local religious leader, to the bishop, mm. uh, to me, would almost come across as a disrespectful yeah, uh, that's type of right. thing to say. That's right. And in fact, because he was uh, uh, born a Jew, therefore he had, in their belief, they, had their one, they were actually already in the kingdom. Yeah. By right, yeah. by birthright. Yeah. That's what they believed. They yeah. didn't have to do much more than follow the law and be pure, but they're already there. And that is a danger, I believe, for him because yeah. he thought he had it all, you know. I mean, one of the richest, he was, and as you say, he was right up there as a great teacher. He stood up in the tabernacle and taught. So it's possible to be part of the religious community and yet be lacking something so foundational. That's right, yes. And, you know, uh, he had to, he, he needed an experience and this is what Jesus was, was going to say to him because Nicodemus said, um, uh, he says to him, 
Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? You know, so he he's trying to figure out here, uh, you know, what is Jesus saying here? What is he telling me? You know, um, and I guess um, he he couldn't understand um, the second birth, this being born again. Why why would I need to do that? Here I am, a Jew. Look what look what's happened. I'm a learner of the scriptures. I teach the scriptures all the time. Surely, if anyone's in the kingdom, it's me. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and that's a danger for us if we share and have Bible studies and we think we're above those that we sit in front of. And that's not, we're always learning as a Christian. We're always growing. And Nicodemus here was searching because he came to him at night, you know. But Jesus said in verse 5, Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So really what's happening here is that Christ is starting to amplify uh, his answer. He's been hmm. told, Nicodemus has been told he must be born again. Nicodemus has said, but you know, what is this thing, uh, being being born again? And then he amplifies it uh, unless one is born again born of water and the spirit he can't enter the kingdom of God. Now, you know, what what is this? I mean, what is Christ getting at? What does it mean? What does it mean to you to be you know, have you got any practical illustrations, you know, of of people who have been born again so that, you know, our listener might be able to to really pick this up? Yeah, um, I, I, you know, studying with people over many years and seeing uh, a few things, I know that in one case, uh, the great... Uh evangelist Billy Otto who had a great influence in my life uh, back in New Zealand a good friend of mine Nicholas uh, I heard his story which was amazing where he was a bar he actually owned a um, a pub and so he was a publican basically and uh, he was in the pub and and Billy Otto he would come into the pub and hand out leaflets Mm -hmm. and things into the pub you know uh, last place probably that some of us might want to go to, to witness uh, when the people have had a few drinks but he would go in there and Nicholas would come up and see what he was doing and and wasn't too happy about it but then he, he looked at one track which grabbed his interest and Billy Otto started to study with him in, the, in that pub they would actually have he'd tell his barmate to go over uh, Kerry Kerry was her name she, he, to, to look after people and he would go over and sit in the corner in that pub mm. and start to read and as he read and studied the Bible as he grew from that his heart changed and he saw what God was telling him to walk in a different way that's what being born again means to walk in a different way to move away from the old life and to follow a new life in other words there's really a a supernatural change that can actually come over a person whereas uh, previously their thoughts were moving in one direction they start to change and move in you know I, I remember one time that uh, um, in my in my ministry I I think of a, a man that I once uh, I once ministered to one of our uh, one of our church members that actually said to me that said Gary you've just got to go and visit this guy well I actually went to visit him and I the address they gave me sent me to a men's shelter now I've been to men's shelters before and uh, I thought oh well, this is going to be an interesting, an interesting visit. But when I arrived, it turned out that uh, he would actually been on dope, and uh, I could smell it as uh, as as I entered his room. Uh, I knew that he was high on the on dope, mm-hmm. and and certainly not up to any intelligent uh, mm-hmm. uh, conversation at that, at that particular time. And uh, at that particular time, I sort of thought, ah, oh, you know, maybe my church members got this wrong, and uh, I, you know, I excused myself and. Uh, 
I, I went and visited somebody, somebody else. Well, a, a bit of time passed, and I have to admit, I never did get back to visit that particular fellow. But about um, uh, about a month, six weeks later, it turns out that my church member um, then picked up where I had actually left off, hmm. and uh, uh, and she continued to talk to him. Uh, obviously, when he was off his uh, off off his dope, and. The next time I encountered him, uh, he was he was at church, mm. but he just wasn't sitting in the pews. Mm. He was up the front. Wow. He was leading the music up the front. Mm. He had a wonderful musical gift, mm. and he was touching the hearts of people through music. Mm. Somehow, in the period of time from when I had seen him, and okay, he had been on dope on that particular occasion, mm. but what started to happen was that he laid aside. The, the change took over in his life. Um, a peace came into his, his life. He started to think differently mm. until finally he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Hmm. And you get this remarkable change. Have you seen that sort of change take yeah, well, place? That, that word, you know, the word is, is, is the powerful thing here because it changes people. It's the power of God. With Nicholas, um, he, he eventually got baptized. Mm-hmm. His barmaid got baptized. She joined in in the studies event, Kerry. And then one day, our publishing uh, min- uh, leader from uh, Literature Van took a service at Island Church in New Zealand. Yeah. One side of him stood the publican. And the other side stood the barmaid all up the front. Sure. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. powerful? That here were two changed people yeah. just through somebody visiting in the pub and the word got through to them. Yeah. That was the change. Yeah. And they gave up he gave up the pub and she, she joined the church. And how powerful to see the three of them up there standing together, the publican and the barmaid together up the front. That yeah. was powerful, yeah. you know. You know, Eric, one of the things I'm so conscious of is that we so often hear in our world today that, you know, we need to have better educated people. And, yeah, I, I accept that there is a place for education. But, you know, one of the things I'm so conscious of is that there are some things that education actually can't do. Mm-hmm. The ed- education actually can't change the human heart. No. And yet the thing that I've noticed is that when a person is born again, there is a spirit, there is something that happens to the person that actually changes their heart. And when their heart is changed, what happens is there is a... There's a peace. That's right. And it's it's the Holy Spirit in here, the Spirit in the water. So the Spirit does the changing. Nobody can change a person. Only the Spirit of God yeah. can do that. And then the water is the testimony, the giving of the life. For it says in verse, um, after when it says that, you know, you must have the water and the Spirit. Verse 6 says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is, is spirit. You see, something has to die to be born again. And true. And that's true. the flesh. We have that flesh has or to Or if you like, the old life the old seems life. to seems to pass mm. away. Which is the, the – yeah, and that's what it talked about because there's many, many uh, verses that talk about that, about this death. Um, because it says in, uh, in quite a few places here where it talked about um, – uh, for the wages, Romans six twenty three. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And there's many texts that say, although through uh, Romans six four, therefore we have been buried with Him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the death through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. So this is talking about there, that something has to die, and it's the 
old yeah. self. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, there's actually a few verses about being born again other than Nicholas here. It says in First Peter 1 to 3, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Mm, where's that found? That is found in First Peter 1 verse 3. Mm. Mm. So here we talk about the being, you know, buried and dead, but Jesus died to lift us up again. In other words, when we are born again, we actually are raised up to to walk a different form of life. Yes. But it's a it's a it's a raising up that occurs not because of my my effort, hmm. but rather because of the way the Spirit of God actually impacts my mind. You know, I love particularly um, uh, Philippians chapter two. Hmm. Uh, Philippians chapter two says, "Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus." Hmm. I love that particular passage because what it's saying to me is that we have a God who wants hmm. to have uh, in my heart, in my mind, the same sort of mind that was in. Jesus Christ himself so that I think differently you know when I think differently it's so easy to act differently yes and, that's right and there's mm. this that to me I've, I found there is a peace yep. that comes upon people that otherwise it's it's impossible to actually uh, self-generate I think that's t- talked about in John 3 6 where, which it says that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit yeah. so what it's saying here is that we now follow a different spirit. We follow the Holy Spirit. We're not following the flesh of our lives. We're not concentrating on things of this world, but we are changed. And the interesting thing is that we're often changed inside out from the heart outwards. Isn't that yeah, interesting? Yeah, and yeah. I don't know about you, Pastor Gary, but when, when the Holy Spirit came to me and, and my wife at the same time, when we were studying together, I was we were changing, but we weren't actually not concentrating on some of those changes. It just was happening. Mm-hmm. And people around us noticed, but we were just following the Spirit. In other words, the, the thing which so many are searching for in our world, this peace that passes understanding, mm. is a, a free gift mm. offered to us by Jesus Christ. Uh, and so many miss this point. And uh, to me, I get excited when I'm able to share this with uh, with individuals. Um, uh, Eric, well, let's come to some music because yep. I'm conscious our time is starting to, to get away from us. Sure. Uh, let's come to Bill and, and Gloria Gaither. I love this particular song. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. How sweet to hold our newborn baby and feel the pride and the joy that he gives but greater still the calm assurance we can face uncertain days I don't care what the headlines on CNN say tomorrow we can face uncertain days sing with us because
that's because he lives by Bill and Gloria Gaither love uh, that uh, that particular uh, rendition uh, do you know folks that uh, that book again that free book offer if any of you would like if any of our listeners would like uh, the book Steps to Christ this is an absolutely beautiful book I've actually read this book many times myself I find it summarises what it means to come to Jesus Christ in the most simple language can I encourage you if you want to understand how to come to Jesus Christ uh, then please uh, take up this offer and a text uh, just your just your name and your address to 0438 066635 that's 0438 066635 just text your name uh, your first name if you like uh, and your address and uh, we will see to it that you get a copy of Steps to Christ this is only a short book this isn't a long book this is a book of only about 110 uh, 10 pages and it's divided uh, into 9 or 10 chapters in very simple steps that will show you how to come uh, to uh, to Jesus Christ uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time big Q&A with Pastor Gary our co-host today is Eric Hoare and Eric's a recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church and our big issue for this week we're asking how do I walk with Jesus and today our question is what does it mean to be born again what does that phrase actually mean Eric back to you again what you know born again you've dug into this so so well at the present time is there anything else you'd like to add well just from that book um Steps to Christ. There is a little bit about Nicodemus there, which I'll just quickly share. It says, You who in your heart long for something better than this world can give, recognize this longing as the voice of God to your soul. Ask him to give you repentance, to reveal Christ to you in his infinite love, in his perfect purity. In the Saviour's life, the principle of God's law, love to God and man, were perfectly amplified. Benevolence, unselfish love was the life of his soul. It is as we behold him, as a light from our Saviour falls upon us, that we see the sinfulness of our own hearts. We may have flattered ourselves, as did Nicodemus, that our life has been upright, that our moral character is correct, and think that we need not humble the heart before God like the common sinner. But when the light from Christ shines into our souls, into our hearts, we shall see how impure we are. We shall discern the selfishness of motive, the enmity against God that has defiled every act of life. Then we shall know that our righteousness is indeed as filthy rags and that the blood of Christ alone can cleanse us from the defilement of sin and renew our hearts in his own likeness. You know, Eric, I'm yeah. so con- I'm so pleased you actually read that because I'm so conscious that there are so many people out there who uh, who actually uh, feel, hey, th- I've been, you know, I'm not good enough. I've really, you know, yeah. I've done such evil stuff yes. that nobody knows about. I can't even forgive myself for it, uh, let alone anybody else wanting to forgive me. And yet, what we find in the scriptures, this being born again we find that there is a way in which uh, someone Jesus Christ is prepared to forgive if you like start a new life be born again mm. and there's a way in which to do that and we're going to do that in just uh, in just a moment but Eric before we get there you you mentioned to me that um, in uh, in Josephus I think uh, I think it was you mentioned that um, this of uh, Josephus of course is a Jewish historian but he actually mentions Nicodemus and tells us something of what happened after 
his visit with with Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, there is uh, significant extra biblical information about Nicodemus. Josephus mentions him as a distinguished man in the War of the Jews in the Talmud, which was um, some Jewish writings that they found. It talks about uh, an encounter with Nicodemus' daughter by a rabbi. It relates that one day when Rabbi Johanna was riding out of Jerusalem, he spoke to a poor young beggar woman and discovered that she was Nicodemus's daughter. He recalled that her father had lost his fortune and not practiced deeds of charity given to the church. This rather confirms our picture of Nicodemus. He did indeed lose his fortune, and his previous mean-spiritness was radically transformed by his experience of the out given life and love of Jesus in the light of that he gave away his fortune this is this comes from Josephus that Josephus. first century uh, historian you know he Im- Jesus impacts him and somehow he's the life of a rich man yep. actually changes yes so he's now re- uh, writing this account of this rabbi that met Nicodemus's daughter and uh, it talks here about Nicodemus had, had uh, radically changed and had given his his money away basically given his fortune away uh, in the light of that he gave he writes Josephus writes in the light of that he gave away all and the powerful impact of the Christ, cross of Christ can likewise banish all carefully calculated meanness from our hearts too and result in real generosity and you know what happened to um, to Nicodemus there were two more accounts of of Nicodemus do you remember he came at night um, well we find here in uh, John 7 45 to 53 it says here then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest Jesus finally the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them why didn't you bring Jesus in no one ever spoke the way this man does mm. the guards said you mean he deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted, has any ruler of the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and was one of their own number, asked, does our law condemn anyone without first hearing him and find out what he is doing? They replied, are you from Galilee too? Look into it and you'll find that no prophet comes out of Galilee. Then they went home. Here he is standing up. In the highest court of the land, when nobody else is prepared, you know, to actually stand up against 70 other people, because that's how Mm. many there would have been in that particular group, to stand up and speak in favour of Jesus Christ. What a change. I mean, what a change. I mean, that takes, you know... That takes guts. That's right. And yeah. he didn't worry about what would happen to him, obviously, here. Whereas yeah. before, he did worry about yeah. it. But now he's a changed man. He's got a changed heart. And the second one, too, was uh, when they actually took him down from the cross. And uh, he stepped out uh, and brought Jesus down from the cross, didn't he? Uh, it's found here in uh, John nineteen thirty-eight to 42. It says here that Joseph... Asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Again, it repeats it. This is the man that came at night. He's no longer a secret uh, 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 disciple, is he? No. He's a he's a rich man 
who is now coming out into the open in support of Jesus Christ. Yes, and it says that Nicodemus bought a mixture of myrrh and spice, about 75 pounds, which is thousands and thousands That's of dollars. That's a huge fortune, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's actually more than any you normally would uh, anoint somebody with. Taken Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it up with spices and strips of linen, and this was in accordance with Jewish uh, burial custom, and then they went and, and laid Jesus. But here he was stepping out to the cross now. And this is amazing, wow. actually. Because if you consider it, I mean, all his other disciples, you know, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Bartholomew, all the, uh, the other 12, they had actually fled at this particular point in time. They haven't yet come back together. They don't know that he's going to, well, they haven't recognized that he's going to rise from the dead. No. And he's been taken down by the, uh, uh, from the cross, but by Nicodemus, mm. you know, at a time when all others have deserted him. Here, a couple of rich men actually step up. So being born again means a changed life. Yeah. It means here that we that something's happened here. The, the old man is buried. It's dead. It's gone, you know. Even though we, we still sin, we are covered now by the blood of Christ. We're covered by his garment. And Nicodemus showed here that he was following Jesus in his life. And what a beautiful picture this gives us of you and I today and any listener out there that, that, um, that we don't wait until everything's right before we come to Jesus. We don't, uh, we don't say, well, you know, we've got to be sinless. Before we, how can we come to us, come to him in our sin? It says come to him Eric, anytime. I'm just wondering, there may be, I'm really conscious that there is one or two people who are listening to us right now who maybe haven't accepted Jesus Christ. Mm. I'm just wondering, would you pray for us? And particularly uh, for that person who maybe has never come to Jesus Christ, that indeed his spirit will descend on them at this particular point in time. For sure. Our dear Heavenly Father, what a wonderful God you are. Oh, Lord, we love you, and uh, we just are so happy, Lord, that you've come into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Lord, we're conscious tonight that uh, there are some that are listening that uh, may not have given their heart to you. Lord, we're all learning, we're all changing, but we the first thing of all is to come to Jesus just as Nicodemus did. And, Lord, it may be that we're a bit ashamed of that. We might want to come at night time. It may be, Lord, that, that there are things in our heart, Lord, that are stopping us right now of doing that. But, Lord, Jesus said, come. Come to all those who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So tonight, Lord, we pray for anybody listening tonight to give your heart to Jesus. Just come to him. Give your all, Lord. Come on your knees. On your knees is the most powerful thing you can have. And just place your heart in his hands, and he will change you. He keeps on changing us. We're all sinners, but we are come to him by the grace of God. So just bless anybody tonight, Lord, that is struggling even. We, any of those, Lord, that have wandered away, we just pray, Lord, that you will come back to him, our wonderful God, our Saviour, our Messiah. Nicodemus recognised this. He recognised here was someone greater than him, and he gave his life into his hands. And what a change. So, Lord, we ask for that born-again experience. May we follow Christ each and every day. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you for so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when we ask what's involved in repentance and confession. Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift. 
peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May a God richly bless you. Please enjoy a Gavin Chatillia as water to the thirsty.